Hey guys, and welcome to season three, Start From Zero. Thumbs up, let's do this. Starting from zero. You're about to watch multiple people at a time get coached on how to start a business from zero. Some people need emotional support. They're overwhelmed and they've had past failures. Some need strategy. They're beating their head against the wall. Some need tactics. They want to know what to say or do. These episodes are unique. They're vulnerable. They're weird. Many times people come to me with a question, but they need something entirely different. In these episodes, you'll see me combine my 15 or so years of business experience with a little intuition and mindset training to help shape these folks into powerful and confident entrepreneurs. Now we've had 15 millionaire students and counting, so we know this stuff works. Now, make sure you're sending these folks love while you listen, because that stuff matters. We're becoming more sensitive as a society, and we can feel these things even if we don't know it. Let's get to the episode. So in this episode, we're talking to Ari, Corbin, Dylan, Jessica, and Bianca. Bianca, let's start with you very briefly. What is your big goal for this call? My big goal for this call is to figure out how to get unstuck from procrastination and indecision and basically inaction. Okay, wonderful. And how about Jessica? Yes, similar things, but it's more about monetizing and like how to use sales funnels and how to set up everything that's holding me back. So let's get real clear because you're going to get exactly what you want. So if you're unclear on the goal, we'll probably have an unclear outcome for you. What would you say if you were being really selfish, you have permission to be selfish, what would your selfish goal for this call be? I guess to have the clarity on how to use like sale tactics to monetize my business. Perfect. That's so wonderfully clear. Thank you. How about Dylan? What's up, man? What's your goal? I have a concept, a product I'm trying to bring to market. I don't have it fully built yet. So my goal is to figure out at what point can I start charging and how can I start to monetize this concept? Okay, wonderful. And then Corbin, how about you, man? If I was getting really selfish, like you mentioned, I'd say my biggest goal would be once I come up with a concept or idea, which I'm constantly doing, how to understand that it's going to be one that I'm motivated with and one that's going to be worth pursuing and then get something launched soon. Great goal. And then Ari, how about you, man? Well, I have this business that I'm the owner of since about 12 years ago. We simply have to about more or less double our sales to for me to hit my big rock in a nutshell. I mean, to make what's complicated simple. So I'm just trying to find a lot of clarity there. I'd say if I had to boil it down to one thing, I feel like one big element here is having a really killer guarantee and USP to help get us in that direction. That's not necessarily a complete answer to get us there, but I think it's an important element um, to get us in the right direction. Yeah, let's start with you. So can you give me the Domino's hot fresh pizza in 30 minutes or it's free equivalent for your business? Well, it might be something like the most outstanding result for your event, guaranteed, or your money back. Or it'd be like the freshest DJ experience, guaranteed, or your money back. So let's try this. I gave you a hard task, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> hey, man, just give me a USP that made a billion-dollar company, okay? Yeah. So Domino's became a billion-dollar company with those words. Hot, fresh yeah. pizza in 30 minutes or it's free. So hot, fresh pizza is what a customer wants. And 30 minutes is the period of time they'd want it in, in or it's free is addressing the objections. So really smart realtors caught on to this and they're like, your home sold in 90 days or I'll buy it. Yeah. You know, and these realtors just started taking off. And of course they have stipulations. Well, it's got to be at the price that I tell you. Yeah. So hot, fresh pizza is what the customer wants. Who is your customer? Well, right now our main niche that we're serving is rising rooms. They're doing weddings. I mean, ultimately we'll want to be doing more corporate more different types of events, put up the company, different offerings, different websites. But right now, if we can just hit out of the ballpark with this one specific niche, we're going to be in great position. We're not that far away from it. So it's a nice surprise and grooms. They're very educated. So they're pause. Clear. Thank you. 
let's settle down. Let's settle into your belly for a moment. Let's have everybody settle into their belly. So we'll just take, let's all take a breath together. And Ari, let's just get clear. Let's see if this works for you. Just say out loud, I want to be successful. I want to be successful. And let's see if we can just get permission for that idea to land. Try it again. I want to be successful. There you go. How's your heart doing as you say that? Starting to feel a little bit more coming from the heart rather than just saying a bunch of words. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful desire, man. Yeah. yeah. I want to be successful. I want to be successful. And then relax your throat. See if you can loosen your jaw and just settle in. You know, you could have men or women, they're just flailing around for years. And you say, well, can you just sit with I want to be successful and let that sit for a while? Let's look at any sabotagers. Let's just try. I hate being successful. I hate being successful. Do any parts of your body ring resonate with that as being true? You know, it kind of felt like there was some truth to it when I said it. Like, I didn't think that it was going to feel that way when I said it, but it felt actually a little bit more natural saying that than when I said I want to be successful. Yeah. We're just exploring your unconscious, man. And the unconscious is irrational, but it's real. Yeah. We want to love our unconscious by speaking our unconscious. Yeah. What's like the worst thing in your unconscious that you can sense or feel right now that you might just have a chance to give language to. It's all an experiment, no pressure. But I'm, not, but I'm not smart enough. Mm. Will you take your hand, put your hands on your head for me? Yeah. And let your hands be gentle on your head? Yeah. And let that phrase come out of your mouth again with your hands on your head. I'm not smart enough. <sighs> See if you can get any tears with it. I might be out of tears. I was crying this morning, Dan, <laughs> but I'll do my best. Well, you know, um, we, do, we never need to force anything. Yeah. Especially a customer to buy something. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I'm not smart enough. Is that right? Is that what you said? I'm not smart enough. Relax your jaw, your throat. I mean, I can resonate with that one, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God you don't need to be intelligent to go work hard. <laughs> Intelligence is important. There's a big difference, but yeah. Sorry, trying to say this. I've said out loud the worst possible thing. I've said out loud the worst possible thing. Does that seem true? Not necessarily. I don't think I necessarily hit the nail on the head with that. There might be something that. So let's look for the nail. Sure. Yeah. Let's settle into the nail. So you've got a hammer, but it's a gentle hammer, and the hammer are your words. Yeah. And you're looking for the head of the nail. Well, I think what it might be, Dane, is that I'm in an endless cycle of failing, of falling on my ass. <laughs> I'm with you, bro. Yeah. I'm right here. <sighs> Not moving. I'm right by you. I've got you. Thank you, Dane. Yeah. We're in this together, man. I'm right here. <sighs> Gentle breath. Take another one. Let's just settle here. So much respect for you right now. Thank you. Thank you. I had a gentleman the other day, he told me, he's like, you know, I don't really feel very confident. And I was like, you know, I don't think I'd have the confidence to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I tell no one I'm not confident. Yeah. That's real confidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not. If you have no, no make a mistake. Can we settle in? to that sentence one more time. Can you let it come out one more time for me? Yeah. I'm in a constant cycle of failing and of just falling on my ass over and over again. Great. You see how there's just a little less charge to it now? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So now it's just kind of like in a, a little bit more of an objective statement we can look at. Yeah. So in the heart of that sentence, there is a self-sabotaging behavior likely. Yeah. And it might be that you actually hate, part of you hates success. It could be. I, I, you know, yeah. Might be something else though. Yeah. yeah. 
So it could be something very different. If you'd like to get a free one-on-one with me and be on this show, you can find out details at startfromzero.com forward slash podcast. So I'm in a constant cycle of failing and falling on my ass. I'm in a constant cycle of failing and falling on my ass. Now there's something that's happening when you're in the cycle, when you're pursuing something. And it's like a gentle bird, like whispering to you the whole time that if you listen to, you'd see success. But there is likely something that you're ignoring every time. And it gets louder and you keep ignoring it and then you just end up failing again. But if this were true, and if that like bird was there and it's kind of like right in front of your face, it's like, yo, Ari, Ari, don't forget this. Ari, check this out over here. And you're like, no, no. And then before you know it, you've quote failed again and quote fallen on your ass again. Do you have a sense of what that bird, what that gentle thing that's right in front of you the whole time that you're ignoring that ends up resulting in failures? Is it you're moving too fast to like slow down and really take in the details required? Well, yeah, several things already came into my mind. I, I feel like the bird has a list of things, but I could maybe try to boil it down to like one. Like no, one, no, one, let's hear, there's, you don't need to make any sense. What's the bird say? You know, slow down, keep it light, balance your personal life and business life. You don't need to neglect your personal life. You don't need to suffer. You don't need to be in pain. You can enjoy the journey even before you've proved yourself. And, you know, zoom out, see it from the bird's eye. Don't always just be seeing it from the mud. Hmm. Would you say you're unusually hard on yourself? Or do you feel more kind to yourself? Consciously, I'm kind to myself, but I think... Yeah, that's good. good. So, slow down. Yeah. That's, in my opinion, I think it's probably all you need to do, is just slow down. That sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) What's right in front of you will appear. Because there are things that, depending on your belief systems that you're, you're created to do, there are things that you are innately gifted at. There are things that are like put on your plate to eat, to do. And those are the things that are right in front of you that I can't see, that no one else can see, and that no one will ever see unless you slow down. Yeah, agreed. Now, slowing down is not easy sometimes. And other times it is. And the reason that it's difficult for most is because we start to feel things when we slow down. So as you slow down and just stay with brides and grooms, Mm. and you just slow down there, from that place, I'm going to give you an assignment. I'm going to move to the next person. I'm going to come back to you. But from a place of slowing down, what is a way that you can make doubling your company inevitable while slowing down? Yeah. And thank you. Wonderful job. So, Bianca, let's move to you next. Hi. Hello. So, you mentioned procrastination. Yeah. Is that really your issue? I don't think so. <laughs> Actually, you know, listening to you and Ari, I think I have quite the opposite situation and it's kind of intuitive that you came to me next, but I used to be in corporate and, you know, 21 to like 28, I worked like eight to 16 hours a day, sometimes weekends. Like I was just like in that, that like really intense, like corporate environment. And three years ago, I left that to teach yoga. But then I think, you know, when I really reflected on it, I basically took like a retirement, a mini like midlife retirement at like 28. And I think what it is, is like, I just don't like to work. (laughs) But of course, like I teach yoga, I do a little bit of modeling here and there, but I think like I've never found this thing where I can like devote my time into and make that like revenue generating. I have like all these ideas, but I think when I really, you know, you ask what's your selfish thing. And and for me, it's just like, gosh, I would just like rest all day and like garden and go to the beach and just like all these things. And I think when I really look back now, I'm 31 and I really should have all the energy of my life. But I think I'm just like exhausted and thinking about scaling a business or thinking about running like all these different things, like just, it seems tiring to me. So what if you say I'm ready to slow down? Can you try and say that? I'm ready to slow down. Do you know what had you say that solving procrastination was your goal? Yeah, I think like, you know, like with COVID, 
I used to teach yoga in person and now I've been teaching online, but I think there's all these like voices that tell me like start a YouTube, like put everything there, like create content on social media. Like there's all these, you know, techniques and things that. So pause, pause. Mm -hmm. This voice inside that says, I want to slow down. Does that resonate when you say it? Yeah, I think it does. But then there's like that voice that's like, you're so pause, you're not. Mm-hmm. Pause. We're used to that one, right? Yeah. We're used to that one. Would it feel helpful for you to say, or would it just be a reinforcement of what you know to say? The other voice that you were going to say? Yeah, it's just the programming. Right. So let's stay vulnerable because a heart like yours that is driven to the point of breaking, they're special hearts. They're special hearts. They're all special hearts. I'm right here with you. Do you feel safe right now? Yeah. Okay. If it feels safe, will you put your hand on your throat gently? And then see if you can open your mouth and take a breath like a yawn. And then on the way out. What happens if you say I'm a gentle person? I'm a gentle person. So true. Stay right there. I'm a highly suggestible, maybe gullible gentle person (laughs) who gets conned into being driven. Does any of that land? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, let's go. I'm a gentle person. Let's just just stay there. I'm a gentle person. Oh, wow. Your voice is even different. So take both hands to your throat gently. And what would you like to say? I feel peace. I feel peaceful. I feel seen. It's an honor to see. If you can uh, let your heart just like unwind just a little. There's a path in front of you that is just made for you to walk. And that voice that says I'm gentle, I'm ready to slow down, that same place within you. Can you feel that place? Mm -hmm. Where is that place leading you to walk? I don't know where, but I just have that feeling of like, it's not like straining or pushing or it's just being basically. Yes. You sound like a yoga teacher worth following right now. (laughs) Yeah. So can you articulate that one more time? I don't know, but it feels X. Can you say that again? I don't know where the path is leading me, but it's all about being. You take your hands and everyone else join. Take your hands and put them close enough together to where you can feel the heat coming from your hands. And if you can't feel heat until you can feel the energy passing between your hands. Let me know when you can feel that between your hands. Mm -hmm. Somewhat subtle, right? Yeah. It's very alive. And when your mind is all hacked up on dopamine, that subtle but very real experience is the only experience that you should probably follow. That sounds so nourishing. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got an assignment for you that I like to give you and then turn it back over to you at the end to hear. Okay. Actually, you tell me, what would be a good assignment for you to work on between now and the end of this call? And let it come from that very subtle place. What would the assignment be? Just being present. So stay there. And sounds like a very good thing for an ex-16-hour workday girl, gal, woman to do. Mm-hmm. So stay there, and I'll check in with you on the end, and we'll see how being present has gone, okay? Okay. Great work. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. Dylan, let's move to you. Hi, Dane. Hello. So you want to know when you can charge people? <laughs> yes. <laughs> now. Charge. <laughs> charge them now. 
<laughs> I always had an issue with charging people. So moving to this new project I'm passionate about, I want to understand how to transition from concept to pilot to charging and all that. What would happen if you just asked your customers, when would you be ready to pay for something like this? At what point would you be happy to pay for this? That's a great question. I mean, I imagine they would tell me. I mean, I've, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's such a simple answer, but it's a terrifying question. Don't, be, don't be yourself. I was like, Hey, you know, so when do you want to pay for this? Well, never you dickhead. I've been interviewing them and saying, Hey, would this be a good fit? One of them said if it had all of these data features in it, then I would totally pay like a monthly SAS fee. Uh, but I didn't push beyond that because that, I don't know how much time it's going to take to build all those features in. What happens if you just try out loud, I'm worthy of being rich? I'm worthy of being rich. Your body tense up? <laughs> there is a little, I guess, voice in the back of my head that says something along the lines of like, you're not ready. You need to learn more. You need to do more. You need to be more. Kind of. Just for the, just for the fun of it, I'm worthy of all the money in the world. I am worthy of all the money in the world. And nobody else gets any but me. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable saying that. <laughs> Pretty fun. Pretty fun. Especially when you know it's not true. It's not nobody gets any money. I get all the trillions. No, nobody gets any of the money. All the money and the bananas are mine. <laughs> I, get, I get the trillions. If you want, I give dollars out sometimes. No. <laughs> if you're nice. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not ready to be rich. I'm not ready to be rich. I don't trust myself to be rich or I'm not ready. They're both. I don't trust myself to be rich. I'm not ready to be rich. The feeling yeah. is, is the I'm not worthy and wanting to over-deliver value. Yeah. Yeah. That'll follow you like a shadow. That'll follow you like a shadow all the way to millions and millions of dollars. And Let's turn around and look at it right now. Hmm. So just so you guys are aware, Dylan's in our starter community as is Ari. So I get to be close to their hearts often and be a part of mentoring them. And Dylan is working on it. Can I tell them your idea, Dylan? Uh, sure. Yeah. So Dylan's working on a VR app that has parental parents can like have full control over what the kid sees, over what kids they play with. It's incredible safety for a parent. They've like, it's like a baby monitor for a VR. If a kid asks to play with their child, like they'll get a notification on their phone saying, Hey, this kid wants to play with your child, review them and make sure they're safe to play with. It's really cool. So how'd I do Dylan? That was great. Okay. Okay. It's like a baby monitor for VR. Your kids will never escape your eyes. You, it's like injecting an RFID tag into their skin without having to do that. <laughs> the kids are safe enough to be free, essentially. Yeah, kids. So you say to parents, when would this cross a threshold where you would want to pay for it? Yeah. What would need to happen and when? Yeah. When would you feel comfortable to pay for this? Is that the question? or? So words less important than feeling. The feeling is inside of you. It's more like, biatch, you're going to pay me for this. You know, like playful or it's like, you'll pay me now. Like that voice is like, you will pay me now. You know, it's very interesting for some reason. Like I've got my own self-esteem issues and, you know, some days I think I'm handsome. Some days I think I'm ugly. Most of the time I'm not thinking the greatest things about myself unless I'm aware like, I got the whole shebang, you know, the whole human experience. But for some reason, when it comes down to like violation of money principles, I'm a lion. It's wild. It's like there are certain money principles you do not violate. And like I'm kind and kind of sometimes timid with folks. But if we cross a money principle threshold, it's like, oh, no way. Absolutely not. These are the standards. They're not even mine. They're, I see them as universal money standards. And if you can start to embody like, how does money want to be loved? How does money want to be treated? You can see that you're doing a disservice to money if you give it a certain identity. 
that money is a joy to be given to things that solve problems. So being kind to money and respecting the kind of the flow of value. Yes. When you were talking about <laughs> Biatch, give me money, what was popping through my head when you said that was more like, look, I know you want this and I want to give this to you. So at what point does this make sense for you to have this and for us to start this kind of financial relationship? So that's epic. And it's perfectly Dylan. <laughs> so I'm gonna take that as a compliment. <laughs> well, it's just on, it's just on the verge of being complicated, but you still understand it. <laughs> I do tend to overcomplicate things. <laughs> I know. That's why I said that. Yeah, so true. You know, at what point do you want to start a financial relationship? Well, gosh, you know, I, I don't even know what you said, but here's my money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yes. But that's good. It's like, look, I know you want this. At what point does it make sense to you where you'd be happy to pay for it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, that rings true. And that's just asking the customer directly. So I'm really excited about this. So I'm launching a, a software project, you know about it, but I won't mention the name yet. You know, I got a guy, he's like, dude, I'll pay you for this. I'll pay 200 bucks a month. I'll pay for the year right now. I was like, what? I was terrified to ask for money because I had never sold this product before. It was a new idea, new concept, insecurity high, confidence low for this product. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't ask. He's like, he's like, it's like, here's what I do, man. Listen, can I just charge you like 20 bucks to be part of the beta? I just need you to pay something. This is exactly what I said. And he said, no, man, no, I can't do that. But I give you a dollar. <laughs> I was like, dude, even a dollar, that means there's a financial transaction. That's all I need. He's like, no, dude, get out of here. I'll pay you for a year in advance. How much were you thinking? I was like, what, 200 bucks a month. He's like, great. I'll pay you for a year in advance. So $2,400 sale. And that's exactly how it went down. And I got off the phone and I recorded a video because I looked like I was a crack addict. I was like, oh my God, I got the sale. Am I on crack? Nope, I just got a sale. <laughs> I had the phone going close to my face and away from my face. And Anyway, I had an enrollment conversation with him to get him on the program today. And I said, listen, I know you said you wanted to pay for the product, but I don't want to charge you yet. I want you to use the product for... 30, 60, or 90 days, just free, just to make sure that you get results with it. And then after 60 or 90 days, let's meet up. Let's see what the results were from you getting this product for free. And at that time, I want to then ask you, based on the results, what price would be too high for this product so it'd be out of reach? What price would be too low that you'd question the value? And what price would be right in the sweet spot for you where you'd be happy to pay for it? And he was so honored by that. He's like, wow, thanks, man. Thanks for not charging me, I guess. And I said, can you tell me more behind your thought process on why you're saying thank you? He said, well, yeah, because you want to make sure I get results of the product first. I really appreciate that. And it's like, oh my God, Dane's such a good person. He's so generous. Look, he wants to make sure. No, I'm just as selfish or self-interested and generous. And is, like, I'm a human. Like, I understand that. Let me get my money up front. Let me charge up front. But then what if he doesn't get results? Then I don't get to benefit long-term from that either. So you, you see like in the principles of money state, you said honor the flow of the value of money. So I want to make sure value is there for him. So he gets a result and for me, so I get compensated. Maybe I'm being somewhat generous compared to what other people would do. But to me, I think I'm just being intelligent. You know, I want him to pay me for the next five years. I don't want to get money up front. I'm thinking long-term. So... so you tell me, Dylan, what's up? No, I mean, I think this is great. I think what it makes me think about is that I think a lot of times with money, I'm trying to over-deliver value because I'm trying to protect myself from judgment and being seen as like a selfish <laughs> money grabber person. But the like honoring money and the flow of value and saying, look, I want to make sure you're happy and completely happy. And, and then, you know, being of service, but getting really clear with them, I think is, you know, instead of wondering and writing and staying in my own world, just going out and connecting and asking them directly and say, look, this is... Yeah, this is good. Awesome. Try saying this. This is going to be real hard to say, okay? Mm. I like money. Will you give me some? <laughs> <laughs> I like money. Will you give me some? <laughs> <laughs> God, I mean, it triggers some shame in me for sure. I'm like, oh. But I've stayed with that sentence for like 30 minutes to the point where I'm like, yeah, perfect. Of course I like money. You want to give me some? As that, long as I'm delivering value, will you give me some? Yeah, I like money. Will you give me some? As long as I'm delivering value, 
Well, I mean, what if we're like, no, I don't want to deliver value. Just give me some money. <laughs> sounds like robbery. <laughs> well, I mean, people do play the lottery. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I just think that, uh, yeah, I guess it's just one of those things of never feel like ready enough. And so I expect to receive financial compensation when I am delivering value, when I'm delivering tangible value. If you'd like to get a blueprint to my brain, I have it in a 302 page book, Start From Zero. And you can get a free chapter. You actually can get my best chapter for free on that book right now at startfromzero.com. Go check it out. I expect to receive financial compensation when I'm delivering tangible value. Biatch. How's that one? I expect to receive financial compensation when I'm delivering tangible value. I expect to receive financial compensation while I'm delivering value. Tangible value. When I'm delivering tangible value. I expect to receive financial compensation when I am delivering tangible value. I like it. So settle into your hips a little. Mm -hmm. Relax your throat. We're declaring a new boundary for Dylan. So if this boundary is violated, you exit the relationship. Try saying it with all that in mind. I expect financial compensation when I am delivering tangible value. And that is my boundary. And that is my boundary. And I will not cross it again. I will not cross it again. So I want you to come up as an assignment, I want you to come up with a three line email that you can send to everybody that you've talked to that are potential customers, mm -hmm. that you ask them just real openly and honestly, at what point would they wanna pay a price and you need help thinking through pricing. So what price would be too high, too low, and what price would be a sweet spot? And then you can read that email out when we come back to you, okay? Yep. Much of that. Very good, dude. Jessica, let's move to you. Hey. Hi. So you want to state a new goal for this call or restate the one that you said earlier? Yeah. So essentially, I want to monetize my current audience and I... Who is your current audience and what is their current pain? Well, it happens to be males, like age 25 to 34, but I want to change niche. So I'm changing to women now. But it's still, the current theme is basically my YouTube channel, I document my whole journey and like I've overcome a lot of things to find my passion. So their pain would be, you know, being unfulfilled and stuck in their jobs and not happy with their own life. And my bottleneck now is like not being able to test because I have a course I want to do and I want to be able to test out the engagement with it to see how many people would be interested but there's a lot of roadblocks like setting up the funnel and everything and it's yes okay way. great 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 you're in a great place well congratulations <laughs> on your success Thanks. and congratulations on doing your own hero's journey yeah it's been tough <laughs> yeah and exactly why people need a hand yeah honestly like I really get like in the, my own way a lot of the time so I do need external help but literally what you're saying was really interesting because I was thinking with my funnel to have a free course and then I could do a paid course but for the first people I could do a beat around and you know give it to them for free and get them to review it and then tweak it based on their feedback and then yeah ask them what they'd be happy to pay for it and then I know at the beginning you talked about dominoes but it'd also be cool for the pay course to have something like getting stuck and find your passion in 90 days or I'll fire your boss for you personally like I'll call your boss for you to get them to yeah from your job you're sitting pretty so yeah something like that is to guarantee them to to take action but yeah so do you see how that headline can set up a very powerful sales conversation yeah yeah definitely because you said that your, your beginning goal was you know you wanted sales tactics that would sell something basically was your yeah your, your initial goal so that powerful of a headline holding to that headline i think you'll be able to put together a very very compelling sales presentation so do you think I should do a free course or should I just... I would stay away from offering information for free. Okay. But it could be not financial compensation, but there could be some energetic. Like, I mean, you can do so... Like with just the creativity of your mind, you can do so many cool things. Like, 
So let's say, listen, hey guys, I'm doing a course. I'm giving it away free to the first 10 mm-hmm. people. But you know what? You have to fill out an application. You're going to mm-hmm. have to send me a personal video. And then if I don't like you, sorry. If I do, you're in. By the way, when I was a little more brave, maybe brash might be the better word. When I was like 28 and I started my first mentoring session, that's exactly what I said on an interview. It's like, hey guys, I'm going to teach some of you business. Go to danemaxwell.com. It forwarded to a Google survey. I said, fill out that Google survey. If I like you, you're accepted. If I don't, sorry. <laughs> I don't think I can do it today. The thing is though, I tried this on my YouTube channel where like, I asked people to fill out a form, but then I didn't get that great of a response. What was your promise though? Yeah, I didn't have a promise. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here's my favorite way to do this. So write up like a one or two page Google Doc. Okay. That's going to be your program. And okay. you're going to write it based on this headline. So you'll write it out. You'll just come yeah. right from the heart. And then you're yeah. going to say, hey, guys, I'm thinking about creating a program to help with this promise. I'm curious if you have interest. And some somebody say, yes, of course. Say, great. Do you think we could hop on the phone and I could run it by you and see what you think? And then they'll say yes. And they're going to get on the phone. And then you're going to read out loud your own document to them. Now, when you read out loud of the document, you're going to see, ooh, crap, this part's not that great. Oh, this part reads really well. Some parts will read easier. Some parts won't. By you reading it out loud to the person, you'll get a real sense for how compelling the letter is. After you read the letter, you're going to do this. You're going to ask them, listen, so you just heard it. I'm curious, on a scale of 1 to 10, how badly would you like to take this course? Please be honest. Like, you say, please be honest. You don't have to please me. Truly, true honesty. Oh, you know, I'd say it's a seven. Okay, curious, what would make it a 10 if it could be anything? You can be dreamy. You can dream anything you want. What would make this a 10? And like, well, I mean, if you like held my hand, da-da-da-da-da-da, or like if you gave me challenges I could never think up, or like if, if you find me if I didn't take action, or like all these things. And so you like just literally put it right in the letter and read it out loud to him and say, how about this? And like, yep, 10 to 10, I want to buy. So you'll co-create your sales letter with people on the phone based on a one to 10 scale framework. So the greatest marketers that I know, we know that our products are gonna sell before we ever make the website. Right, yeah, yeah. So you got a Google Doc, you got a phone call. Mm -hmm. Now you ask them price high, price low, price sweet spot, that three question thing, and they'll give you a sense. And when it's you and personal time and personal coaching, you can charge. You can charge for stuff like this. When I'm selling somebody a software product that's kind of unproven and like, that's a big risk. So I don't want to charge for that yet. But you know, your personal time coaching, I would. Here's the thing. If from a confidence level, you'd like to give it away to your first 10, Mm -hmm. nobody pays for it. Maybe they don't value it as much. But if you make them jump through these hoops because of this promise, so now they're going to fill application, but then they're going to send you a video. And in the video, you're very clear about your expectations. You say, listen, I want you to like, tell me about your greatest pain, your greatest problem. I want you to tell me the story that caused you to break. And then you're going to have all this great marketing content. So like the next time you launch your program, you're going to have all these like videos put together in a montage and be like, does this sound like you? And then they play that video. And now you get this marketing piece for your next go at the program. So the first stage is the first 10, like on the call. And the second part is application. And then it would charge after that stage. Sure. You could also charge first time too, if you want. You feel it out. Trust your gut there. But you got the process now. Yeah. I'd just only be worried that I wouldn't get enough traffic because I don't have that much traffic on my YouTube. I'm just like, I've been really inactive and I've I've procrastinated on publishing videos because I wanted to get this funnel right and then mention it in every single video so that each video is not wasted. So then now it's like, if I was lacking numbers, would you, yeah, what would you suggest if I couldn't get would it just post on Reddit or just get my name out there in like other ways? How big was your audience when you were active? Well, I have 2,000 subscribers, but they are loyal as in like they've watched me from, I've literally documented everything from when I was at home, when I got one ticket to Thailand. What would you tell someone if they said they had this fear that you have? I would just say, just test it. You can't predict anything. So just, okay, just, just keep adapting. You're good yeah. to go. Use okay. your own process on yourself. You're set. 2000 is fine. You only need one. You only need one person. You only need one person to be successful with your framework to go big. If you get one student, that's all you need. One student transforms all you need. That story of that transformation becomes your million dollar course. Yeah. Like I can do a case study for sure. Okay. Yep. So you're good to go. 
come up with like what your pitch will be to your 2000 person audience and including an apology for disappearing. Yeah. Look, so I'll make a new video on my YouTube to introduce this. So think about that. And I'm going to come back to you and ask you what that video will be about at the end here. Okay. And then Corbin, what's up, man? So tell me about your goal again, please. How's it going, Dane? So I would say my goal just in general is to get some direction. Like I was saying, I mean, like I, I consider myself like a serial entrepreneur that has just never launched his own business. So I don't really have experience handling financial transactions, working directly with customers, things like that. What I usually do is come up with an idea, run it by a few people, dig deep into it, don't really share it with a lot of people, and then kind of peter out, I guess. So I'm just trying to figure out, you know what I mean, uh, what direction I want to head in general. So I'm always into different industries with different ideas and uh, how to you know, maintain motivation and at least get to that launch stage. So, Do you see how like off the beaten path Bianca is from what society demands? Without a doubt. How would you say that might be similar to you? So in a mindset, I would say, I mean, my mind has always been revolving around like a big passion to become an entrepreneur since I was a kid. Right now, I think what's holding me back, honestly, is a cushiony job and a good situation financially. And what I have going for me right now, I know that's something that's just keeping my focus on that rather than what I really want to do. So I can definitely kind of relate. I don't know if my you know lifestyle is something that's similar to Bianca. Is there a path that you've refused to walk? that you know would be easy if you did? Yes, probably. It would be, again, once I come up with an idea to spread the word and reach out to friends and family. I know, you know some of the first things you can do is post it on social media and just let everybody know what you're getting into. But I haven't really found an idea or a concept that I've just been that excited about and that would get me confident to do that. Because I think something that's holding me back is just the fact that I'm kind of you know, considering that it'll end up failing or not really becoming what I want to do and something that I follow through with in the next month or so. Does that make sense? So tell me if you can sense your heart beating right now. Yes, I can. Why didn't you go straight into entrepreneurship if you've been thinking about it since being a kid? I guess just following, you know, the society's priorities that they set after you graduate college, you get a job, you get some money, and then you kind of go from there. So I believe that's why I didn't just dive headfirst into going out on my own and going out on a limb like that. So it seemed like going out on a limb. Yeah. I mean, to a point, I strongly believe that I have like the work ethic to balance out both until I would become a full-time entrepreneur and, you know, reach that financial freedom. But when, you know, I first got this job, which is the first job I've had out of college. Yeah. I mean, it, it seemed like right then, you know, my, my main priority was going to find some income that way I can sustain living for, for the time being at age, you know, 22, 23 or whatever. If I were to say, I think your heart might be too guarded to be honest enough to have a real transformation on this call. What does that bring up for you? Define too honest. More of curious about guarded, possibly like disconnected from yourself, the sense of yourself. I mean, I, that, that could be it. I, I don't think it's necessarily something that able to recognize right away or, you know, would be able to recognize right now, but. It's a pretty honest answer. Yeah. Are you asking for permission to be a badass in some way? I mean, in a way, yes. I just, I know that I'm going to be able to be a badass. I have the confidence and I know eventually I will become an entrepreneur. Are you bored at your job? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely bored at my job. I'm not essentially happy with what I do. It provides great financial rewards, a ton of freedom, probably the best job that I'll consider that I'll ever have aside from doing what I want to do. But essentially, yeah, definitely bored. See if this works. I have not yet given myself permission to be a badass. I have not yet given myself permission to be a badass. <laughs> Sounds so good coming from you, man. <laughs> right. So you have ideas, you talk to customers about them even, they express interest and then you kind of trickle off because right as badassery is starting to happen, 
your wings go in. Right. Right. Essentially, right as I start to maybe much, consider much what it entails in becoming a badass and actually going through with it, maybe I start to have second thoughts and then talk myself out of it, potentially. Do you talk yourself out of it or do you just kind of instantly lose steam? I think it's losing steam, lose motivation. Maybe I start to see some things that I didn't take into consideration because let's face it, when you have an idea, you think it's going to work perfect. Everybody's going to love it. You're going to be a millionaire. And then you, once you really start to do your homework, sometimes things can come up. You realize how difficult it might be. I'm looking for reasons to be mediocre because I haven't given myself permission to be a badass. Right. See how deeply you could root, like, root this down. It's like, man, you know what? The problem is, is like nobody's shown me a mirror. All I've seen are other people's projections of what life should be. But no one showed me a mirror of me. And the mirror is badass. Like, I got it. I can handle it. Anything I put my full heart into, it grows and works. So in the tenderest place of the unconscious, is there a kinder, more connected word that really sits at the center of your soul? instead of badass what really speaks to you corbin i want to say successful i would probably say i want to be successful and, and that would entail to pursue my passion essentially badass well, i want to be i want to be <laughs> badass is good too good yeah oh, that's good that's good <laughs> it seemed right to me but you know it's like a little edgier so but it seems to really fit like when i feel you and just feel this moment those are the words that came I want to be successful to my own potential, not to what the world says my potential is. Right. So you just need to get around a different group of people. Yeah, I definitely 100% agree with you there. It's tough right now. Especially, I mean, I work from home full time, regardless of this pandemic going on. So I'm just in an office all day by myself. And then I clock in, clock out and that's pretty much it. You know, I hang out with some buddies who probably have the same passion as me, but not, you know, they won't follow through with it. Maybe not as motivated, but I agree. Getting around a group of uh, like-minded people, even finding some mentors is definitely something that I think would propel me or at least help me influence me in a positive way. Yeah. I, um, this is the first time I'll be recommending this, but I'd, I'd recommend you check out our starters program and consider it. Okay. And just, just start from zero.com and look at starters and just kind of skim that and look at Ari's in the group, Dylan's in the group, and you can see how they're really going after it. It's a really cool group. But so aside from that, you know Maslow's hierarchy of human needs? That's like safety, shelter, food, sex, et cetera. Right. Well, self-actualization is in that pyramid, right? Right. So the very top of the pyramid, self-actualization. You don't consider this, but... It, that's his hierarchy of needs. And he has self-actualization on there as a need, just like air, water, food, shelter. So you're compromising your own needs. Like it's death. That's why it feels like death. Because you've got all your basics in place and you're like, screw this. I'm bored. I'm not actualizing. And imagine if you tried to hold your breath, it would kill you. If you didn't drink water, you'd die. If you don't actualize, it's a different death, but it's a need. You have a need to actualize. I cannot impress upon this enough. Permission, dude. Permission to dream. Permission to actualize. Permission to be a badass. It's for your own livelihood. It's for your own well-being that you actualize. It is a need. So you can drop any judgment. You can drop any sense of shame or beating yourself up or why aren't you like everybody else or, or any of these things if they're even there and you honor, you know what, dude, actualizing is a need and I'm going to treat it that way. I'm going to treat actualization as important as I treat drinking water. And I think your problems will be solved. Right. No, yeah, I totally agree. I'm actually looking at them right now. That makes a lot of sense to be honest with you. Otherwise I feel like that flame will just start to go out and die out and you know, you will never essentially be as happy as you can be in life in general. Yeah, imagine how miserable you'd be if you're thirsty. Literally. That's how miserable your soul is not actualizing. Right, right. I think there, the amount of time that you could go without self-actualizing is a lot longer, obviously, than water or any uh, psychological needs like clothing, shelter, but I think it'll just keep chipping away at your overall energy. 
So you just pick a problem you care about, one you found, just drive it through. Look at it as one of 20 businesses you'll do in your life. Don't sweat it. Take it through all the way to six figures and just handle all the issues that come up along the way. And, but look at it, the grand scheme of like 20 businesses you'll start in a life because that's where you belong to play because that's what you've been thinking about your whole life. Right. And I think starters might be the missing link, if not starters, another community that you do resonate with. I think so too. Yeah, without a doubt. I will definitely look into it and pull it up right after this. Yeah. And just let me know if you have any questions on it. It's a great group. For sure. So thank you, man. So your assignment, by the time I come back to you, is to write down two problems that you actually want to see solved. Okay. All right. And I'll come back to you. All right. So let's go back to our first. Ari, what do you got for me? Hi, Dan. Yeah, a few things came up, but kind of like at the top of the list had to do with connecting with, with others on a deeper level from the heart, learning to love everyone that I serve deeper from the heart. Those are kind of the top of the list. Right. And can you, what was the assignment? I think it was like, how can I do it better from a slow down place? I might've gotten, I might've gotten the wording wrong <laughs> on the question. Actually. So the question, the question was, how can I make my success inevitable Oh yeah, to, to double the business while slowing down? And you said you were starting to think of one right then and there, and I paused you. Yeah, I mean, it's basically that I think that my heart's being closed off, mm. and there's been a lot of, I'm kind of, yeah, there's kind of, I know I need to love all these people, and I do love them on some level, mm. and I love some more than others. I need to love all the people on all the different levels that I'm serving, the the Mm. The, the DJs, the clients, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I think I know how I can get there, but I think that there's been some barriers to that, that love and doing it from the heart. And I'm, I mean, it's been very much in the head and less heart, you know, it's part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I want people to be happy. Yeah. yeah. I want there you go, man. Indeed. Yes. Were you happy with the DJ? Were you happy with the music they played? Were you happy? I want you to be happy. Yeah. You got it, man. It'll be killer. You'll be like, who is this DJ asking if I'm, what the heck? No, as a matter of fact, I hear YMCA at every wedding I go to. I don't ever want to hear that song again. Oh, all right, all right. We're the only DJ company that won't make you dance to YMCA at the wedding. Hey, I'm hiring that guy. (laughs) Very good, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Really proud of you. Thank you, Dave. I'm excited to see all the support. Absolutely. And I'm excited to see what happens in your community as they feel more of your love. Let's go to Bianca. Bianca, how did you do with being present? I felt good. I just had a couple of questions for you, actually. Yep, go ahead. One is like you hit the nail on the head about me being a gentle person. And I just want to know like how you got to that. And then I'll ask the second question after. A lot of, lot of personal work. Mm-hmm. Meditation retreats, healers. It was an earned place to say it from. I worked very hard to acquire the skills to be able to feel that, spot it, and articulate it. But it was just feeling a lot of love. Without any of the skills, it was feeling a lot of love for you and like care for someone so talented to work so hard and like be so driven and like just like maybe asking myself, you know, what might be forgotten in this. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. That was very transformative. And then the second question is like for someone like me who still, you know, does want to like be able to provide for herself, but then not like betray my nature. Like, I guess, do you have any insights for me as, you know, we part from the call? Yeah. I want you to pioneer a new method of gentle wealth. Mm, That sounds nice. (laughs) So that'll likely be with questions that you ask people. It's like, so, you know, what are your goals with yoga? Oh, you know, I've got anxiety or I can't sleep or whatever it is. It's like, okay, so I want to get you sleeping better with yoga. And how strong would you say your desire to change this is? Like, oh, it's a 10. That's great. If it's anything less than a 10, it just usually doesn't make sense for us to work together because I end up trying to work harder than you do. Okay, great. But since you're a 10, let's do something. And how long are you willing to work at this until it changes? Oh, I'll work forever on it. All right, great. We should probably get started. So I like to work in 90-day increments. And as a three-month increments, I like to work with people once a week. Does that sound all right with you? Yeah, that sounds okay with me. Would you ever want to do twice a week if you want to accelerate it? Yeah. Okay, great. So I've got these two pricing options. 
Again, our yoga will be tailored to help you reach your goal of sleeping better. And here it is if we meet once a week. Here it is if we meet twice a week. If at 90 days we aren't where you want to be because there's just more work to do for you there and we won't know until we're there. But if we give our all, it'll make a big difference. And we can talk about the next 90 days after that. Does that sound like it would be a nourishing journey for you? Does the price seem like you would treat this seriously? Like you would respect this process? And does the price seem like there would be respect and you would treat this seriously? And, and they say, yeah. I say, great, do you have any objections? Would you like to get started? And now you're very gentle and very wealthy. Love that. Thank you so much, Dean. Yeah, I'm excited to see the clients you get to touch too in that way. Dylan, where are you at, bro? How you go? How you doing? Hey, Dean. <laughs> so homework was three lines, an uh, email, which is going to sound to some of the people that we've been doing these play tests with. Yep. And so this way, <laughs> getting it down to three lines is a, a challenge, but here's what I got. Thank you so much for your feedback on the project. We'll be moving to a half price beta shortly and continuing to improve the product, but your price will remain the same. For an initial MVP VR application that keeps your kids safe and you informed, what would be a price that would be too high that is not worth paying for and too low it does not seem All right, high. so pause. Can I ask you some questions about price? And then okay. if you say yes, then reply with those. Make it a conversation. Got it. Oh, got it. So it's not you're actually asking for a price. Can I ask you some questions about the price? Yes, send. Got it. And that'll be very nice and natural and gentle. Got it. Yes. Perfect. Very good. And then Jessica... Did we give you an assignment? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yes. so, yeah, I'll be like, sorry for the sporadic uploads. So I've been on an internal journey during quarantine, which is actually equally as valuable and life-changing as my traveling journey. And I'm here to tell you that you don't need to travel and do all the things that I did to find your passion. I can give you the blueprint based on, you know, all of the years of experience I've got, trying different things, and then I'll offer them, okay, you can get stuck in nine today, so, like, so you don't feel like your time's wasted in quarantine. And in fact, now's the perfect time because, you know, you've got time off work, you've got a lot of like, energy, you know, you've got a lot of time to be introspective to restart your life. So, and then I'll, and then I'll leave them to book a call. Offering, hey, Jessica? Yeah? Sounds great. Offering this to 10 people for you, so. Yeah, I'll use Candle too. I think it's great. Thank you. I was going to stop you even 10 seconds earlier. I'm like, you uh, got it. Like, oh, okay. I mean, I mean, not because I was bored. It was more just like, dude, she's got it. She doesn't need help. You don't need those sales <laughs> manipulations or sales tactics. <laughs> okay. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah. You're like you're indoctrinating me. Like I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting hypnotized by your words. I'm like, crap! I got to fill out this calendar. <laughs> uh, you're right. You're right. I do have all this energy. Crap! You're right. <laughs> I've just been, I've been turning this energy into boredom. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, like on the call, I'll go through like what you said about you know asking them about. Well, do you think I should like like. You know that one-page Google Doc. Should I tell them about the course, or should I ask them questions like, "What's your pain point?" and should I? Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, should I do that, or should I do the course pitch, or should I? Ask you probably them? already know their pains. Yeah. Okay. You can't really go wrong if you keep your customers at the center. Yeah, and like basically what you're saying to Bianca, I could kind of just test the waters and see if they would be willing to pay. Or what's the actual bottleneck? Is it like are people actually ready to commit, or maybe price is not the problem? Like you know, getting to know. Yeah, yeah. You ask, what's their desire? How serious are they? If their desire is not strong and they're not serious, then like you just stop right there. Yeah, I don't need to convince. Like, yeah. I don't need to convince. You're good to go. Have fun. And now we're coming to Corbin, I believe. Yeah. Two problems, bro. Two problems. So I thought of a few. I just wanted to ask you, Dane. Now, I just want to problems did you have in mind when you assigned me this? Were they problems? personal, at work, you know, everyday problems that you face. What are the two you got? The two I have right now are ones that I face having a work full-time job makes it a problem in my life that I don't essentially want. And then another problem was more focused directly at work. You know what I mean? So I kind of figured I would kind of put both down. I understand every business idea starts with a problem that, you know, where the foundation is rooted from so is there one of those that makes your heart beat faster yeah of course i would say the first one it's just learning how to serve for me finding a solution for it would probably be my first go-to rather than solving it for somebody else because i haven't solved it yet but of course it would be 
figuring out a way to not have to work a job that I'm bored at, that I don't really enjoy in order to make a living and pay the bills. You know, I, I don't, wouldn't normally say this, but I, I think that'd be a good path for you to walk down. Okay. Would that be first solving it and then figuring out a well, way? Just walk down it, but be prepared to abandon it in a moment's notice if you find something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, I was moving at a mad clip, and then I got the idea for paperless pipeline, and I pivoted to pipeline. Right. Like, be prepared to abandon whatever you got. Right. And I think that's kind of where some of my, like, not, my motivation lacks, I guess, is that sometimes I do face a problem, and I abandon it and completely instead of pivot, which it seems like that's what you had to do, and it worked out for the better. Does that make sense? Like, entrepreneurship is about service. Right. So what that means is it's not about dreaming up ideas. It's not about coming up with clever contraptions. It's not about, it begins with service. So like there's very little risk in the context of entrepreneurship that I work in because it's people first, problem second, sell it third. It's not product first thinking. It's people first thinking, which is like revolutionary for people for some reason. It's people first. So if people are your focal point and the problem they have is real and they have said they want to solve it, you know, it, there could be 15 different product ideas. But if you marry the problem and fall in love with the problem, then the solution could take many shapes. You know, someone can't see, they could wear contacts, they could wear glasses, they could do LASIK. The problem is they can't see. Right. So you want to look at problem that you care about. And you want to ask yourself, how badly do you want to see this problem solved? It's not about your product. It's about the right. problem. It's about the people first, problem second, sell it third. Okay. Let them so, introduce solution to you? Yes, 100%. And if that solution doesn't work, you're not out of business because you're still trying to solve the problem that didn't get solved. Right, right. There's no risk there. There's like maybe tremendous emotional risk. What if they don't buy? Well, then they didn't buy, but it's not about you. It's not about if your product works and it's not about if you make a profit. It's about if you're serving someone and if it's in service, then if they don't buy and you're rejected and a failure, well, then you're being a self-centered, narcissistic, selfish person that forgot the heart of entrepreneurship is service. Right. There is no sense in being a self-centered entrepreneur. What if they don't like my price? Well, then you're not being of service. What if they don't like my product? Well, then you're not being of service. Like when you get, it's not about you and it's about serving. Then you just go from that place. And this passionate place that I speak from is how fiercely committed I am to being of service to the people that I serve. And of course, my ego gets in the way. I'm like, damn it. Why don't they just want to buy this? Remember, Dave, <laughs> remember service, service. When you come from a place of service, like Bianca mentioned, the effortless, strain-free, it's all of service. And then you see how much of us cling and grasp and force and control and learn manipulative sales tactics. It's like, no, 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 no. Service. I'm launching a software product right now. It solves a very painful problem that I care about. If this product doesn't solve it, I'll probably consider trying to solve it another way. I hope I'll have the courage to do that, but right now it looks like this product will solve it. And so since I'm solving a problem and it's not about the software, we're not ready for people to buy the software. So what do I wait till the software is ready? Well, since I know better, no. I created a report called the five critical questions you must answer to have this problem solved. It's a Google Doc. And I take people who are interested in solving this problem through the Google Doc. And I'm literally enrolling customers by taking them through a five-question process, and they're waiting and chomping at the bit to use this product. It's all connected to service, solving a problem. If it's not, then it just doesn't work, and then you're fine. So the woe is me stuff. What if no one likes my idea? What if no one, because then, well, then it wasn't of service, and you just try again. So if you can, guys, as we finish this, just take a hand on your heart. Feel your hand on your heart. Let all your fear fall away as you remember entrepreneurship is truly about being of service.
which is what you guys probably want more than anything anyway, is to really touch someone's life and to really transform them and treat customers like real people with hearts that matter and beat with desires. If you'd like to know the number one thing that kills people from being successful in entrepreneurship, it's really simple. It's them trying to do it alone, trying to do it without mentorship, trying to do it without accountability, trying to do it without a way to focus, trying to do it without somebody helping you along the way to get your mind straight. And right now, I'm running a yearly mentoring, accountability, and focus community called Starters. And you can learn more about Starters and join a community of amazing entrepreneurs all practicing and living the principles from this podcast and this book. How do you get good at this stuff? Practice. How do you get even better being around others that practice? And how do you become unstoppable and just move no matter what? Community community, community, and not just any community, a community of people that don't shame you for wanting freedom, a community of people that don't look at you weird for saying you want more. You can find that community at Starters. If you go to startfromzero.com, you'll see our products up top and then you can go and find the Starters program. We would love to have you. And we also have a good fit quiz that you can take on that page because not everybody's a good fit for starters. So if you go look at the starters page, take the good fit quiz and it'll tell you if you'll be a good fit for that program. Listen, we don't accept everyone because we're obviously not for everyone, but we are for certain people. If you'd like to see if that person is you, go to startfromzero.com, look at products, find starters, and then fill out that quiz. And we look forward to supporting you and mentoring you on your journey.